Hello, and welcome to the One Church podcast. This message was recorded for our online service. We're not meeting at our church buildings at the moment, so tune in live this Sunday for our next online service by going to weareone.church or finding us on Facebook. So next up is Nathan with our preach um, and throughout this series we have a key verse which I'll read out to you guys now. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Amen. Thank you so much, Maria, uh, for introducing us there and reading our key verse for this series. Hey, before we continue, those in the room, if you're watching live or on Catch Up, let's take a moment and let's pray. Um, So join me as we pray now. So Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can be together, gather as your church, in a building, online, wherever we may be watching this from. And I pray that this morning, or whatever time it might be, you would speak to us through your word, you would speak to us. Would we see Jesus even clearer today, and would we become more like him? In your wonderful name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. So this is part two of our Christmas series where we are unwrapping the generous gift of hope. And last week I had the privilege of launching the series where we, we spoke about this idea that the first two lines found in Isaiah, when we receive hope, we share hope. So it says, to us a child is born and to us a son is given. A gift of hope, a gift of Jesus is given. When we receive that, We share it. Um, And that's what we spoke about last week. When we have hope, we share hope. And today I'm going to focus in on the next line, really, where it says of Jesus that he is our wonderful counsellor. Today we're going to talk about Jesus, our wonderful counsellor. And that word counsellor, when we read it, what it means is someone that advises, someone that gives. Camber, is it a friend? Is it your spouse? Um, And I appreciate this will change depending on where you are, uh, what kind of advice you're looking for. Um, But where do you go for? For advice. 2,000 years ago, we hear of a story, a group of people that were looking for answers. And you will know who these people are when I start to talk about them. And they were looking for answers in the stars. Now, here's John to tell us a little bit more about who these people were. Mysterious wise men we see in our Christmas stories. Zorro, astronists. Easy to say, even easier to write. Z-O-R-O, Astrianism. Zoroastrianism was a monotheistic religion predating the Muslim conquest of Persia by at least a thousand years and at least 500 years before the birth of Christ. This ancient religion had magi, which is plural for magus, and nothing to do with magic. These magi were men of nobility, familiar with the courts of royalty. Herodotus, the Greek historian, called them priests of ancient Medes and Persia. Plato called them prophets interpreting the dreams of kings. So who were these wise men of the Christmas story? Well, priests and prophets of an ancient religion who sought the skies for signs and wonders. But what did they see? They saw something that blew the lid off everything they know. So much so, they dropped everything they had to follow that star. 
So we know from the Christmas story, these Zoroastrianists follow the star and find Jesus. Could you imagine seeing something so mind-blowingly, box-breakingly different and just going, hmm, nice star. There you go. Thank you, John. A great summary of who the wise men were. And I love that. These, these wise men that sought counsel, that gave counsel to kings, and they were looking for, whatever that might be, for answers, advice, and counsel. And we stop there. It's like we are stopping at looking at things that are made and failing to consult the maker. The book of Isaiah tells us that in Jesus we have a wonderful counsellor. And Jesus, and the, the wonderful counsellor, the wonderful counsellor that is Jesus, is the one who made all things. He's the author of life. He's the architect of the universe. All things, Paul puts it this way, the Apostle Paul says this, that from him and through him and for him were all things made. So in Jesus, we have this wonderful counsellor that we're going to miss a trick if we don't go to him, speak to him, invite his counsel into our lives. And that's what I want to talk about today. And that's what I want us to focus on this morning. So why is Jesus a wonderful counsellor? Why is he a counsellor that's worth us talking about and considering? And, and we know this, that weight of counsel, like how valid counsel is, how valid advice is, is determined by the person that's really giving it. See, for, for example, when I learned to drive many, many moons ago now, um, I did not seek counsel or advice from my friends who were also learning to drive. Like, that would have been catastrophic. But who I did seek counsel and advice from was a wonderful counsellor by the name of Tina. And she gave me driving lessons. Not only did she help me not to hit anyone or hit a bus, there was one time where she did need to drag the steering wheel from me because I was about to hit a bus. Um, she helped me to pass on the first time I took my test. Like Tina was a wonderful counsellor and the weight of the advice that she was giving me was good and it was trustworthy because of who she was. She's a great driving instructor. And in Jesus, we have a wonderful counsellor and his counsel is wonderful because it is vast. He, he, all things from him, through him, and for him were all things made. His counsel is vast, but it's also wonderful because it's personal. Like he knows you, he knows me more intimately than we perhaps know ourselves. It says in the Gospel of John that Jesus knew what was inside all men. He knew the souls of all men. It says in the Psalms, the psalmist writes that you know my innermost being, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. God knows every single thing about us and, and can inform and speak to and is aware of every single intricate detail of our lives. And there's a, the, the late journalist and atheist, Christopher Hitchens, really took issue with that particular idea that any one person could be known and know God. He would call it, he said this, it's fantastically arrogant for any one person to claim to know the mind of the creator of the universe, to seek counsel from him, to get advice from him, to, to think that he could know anything about us as an individual. It's fantastically arrogant is what he would say often. And he was in a debate with a mathematician at Oxford and Christ follower, John Lennox. And he raised this point. He said, it's fantastically arrogant, John, for you to claim to know the mind of God, to know him personally, for him to personally know you, for him to have any impact on your small, insignificant life. And the, John's response, John Lennox's response was amazing because he said, you're right. 
it, that is arrogant for me to assume that, unless, of course, God chose to reveal his mind to me. Unless, of course, God chose to reveal himself to John, is what he said. And in Christ, God has revealed himself. He's revealed his nature, his will, his wisdom, his love, his heart for humanity is all revealed in the person of Jesus Christ, our wonderful counsellor. And you and I can know that and experience that every day. Jesus, our wonderful counsellor. Now, let me ask you again, where do you seek advice? Where do you seek counsel? When, where do you go? If you have a question, if you have a decision to make, if, if you want to know how to do something, how you should conduct yourself, where do you go? Do you invite this wonderful counsellor into your every moment, every day? Now, if, if that's true, if Jesus is our wonderful counsellor, how can you and I, in our daily lives, in our workplaces, in our families, in, in our schools, like how can we live with the wonderful counsellor in the same way that Tina instructed me and helped me pass my driving test? How might we receive counsel from the wonderful counsellor? And I've got three ways, three things to talk to you about today. And if you're, if you're taking notes, you can write these things down. Um, three things, three ways that we can experience counsel from the wonderful counsellor. And number one is this, we can see the life of Jesus. In Jesus, in his, in his life, in how he lived, we are given a wonderful example of how we too can live. We can watch him, we can read about him, we can observe how he spoke, what he prioritised, where he went, what he did. And from that, we can glean some amazing things. I don't know if you remember, like, hands up who had the wristband, WWJD. Fantastic. What would Jesus do is a fantastic question to ask when it comes to pretty much anything in our life, when, I'm, when it comes to speaking to our colleagues, when it comes to what to plan and prioritise and, and how to live. What would Jesus do in this situation? And in his word, we're invited, I love this, in Matthew eleven twenty eight in the Message Translation, Jesus says, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Let me encourage you, like read the Bible to get to know Jesus more. Don't just read it to tick a, a thing off, like say, yeah, I've, I've done a reading today, I've, I've, I've done that. Like read it, read every page to try and learn more about the person of Jesus, to, to fall more in love with him, to grow closer to him in your relationship. And from that, you will glean good counsel. You'll get to know the wonderful counselor by following his example. That's number one. Number two, and this is, we're talking about a generous gift of hope in this series. And why this is so generous is because he makes himself so accessible to us. So not only can we observe his life, not only can we watch how he did it and follow his example, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. So number two, the Holy Spirit helps us and shows us the counsel of God. We can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus says this in John 14, 16, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. You and I can be filled with the Holy Spirit. The advocate, it's a similar idea, it's a similar word, someone to give counsel, someone to advise, but also someone to represent us in court is the word that is used there. I love that idea that the Holy Spirit can be with us and it can, he can prompt us and direct us and reveal what the right thing is to do. If we're in a tricky situation at work, if we're in a time where we don't know quite what to say, 
Holy Spirit, help me in this moment. Show me what is the right thing to do. We can glean the counsel of God because we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And like, without making a song and dance about this, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, ask God to fill you with his Spirit in this moment. Like, Holy Spirit, fill me now, every day. Holy Spirit, be with me in this moment. Guide me, empower me to be more like Jesus and to live the life you have called me to. We can follow the example of Christ and we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And number three, this is the last point I've got here. This isn't an exhaustive list, by the way. These are the points that I've come up with. We have God's word. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. When we're in times where we have no idea what to do, where to tread, how, how to conduct ourselves, what the right decision is. His word can illuminate those, those uh, dull or dark situations to light our path, to make it really clear what it is we should do. And now, without me talking more about this, I wanted to give two examples. I want to show you what this can look like. So here are two examples from two people in the life of our church that have been through what you could argue is, is a dark situation this year, but how God's word brought light right into the middle of it. Hey everyone, so a time I really struggled this year was the, the beginning of the second lockdown that we've just been through. You know, after the first lockdown, I had no desire to enter a second one. I imagine nobody in this country wanted to enter the second lockdown, but we did. And I, I was feeling really low, really anxious. I had a lot of feelings that, that just weren't good, that, that were not bringing me any peace. Uh, and I just needed a bit of peace. And a scripture that really helped me during that time was Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7. It says this, Do not worry about anything, but pray and ask God for everything you need, always giving thanks. And God's peace, which is so great, we cannot understand it, will keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. You know, in this verse, God offers peace. I took that peace and I feel much better for it. At the beginning of March, um, my mum became very poorly with COVID-19 and went into hospital. Um, and after a month, she came back out again, uh, but she was very, very poorly and never really recovered. In September, she started to eat less and less and be very sleepy. And I realized that this was the beginning of the end. Um, and as I held her hand in mine, I felt it was slipping away. And I thought of all those kind, good things my mum's hands had done over the years, and yet they were just lying still. I felt very lonely and abandoned because of the COVID restrictions, there was nobody around, and um, I felt very alone. And I remember feeling a bit sorry for myself. And then I had to make a choice. I had to make a choice to um, believe my feelings or to believe the truth. The truth that God never abandons us and he never leaves us alone for a moment. There were so many wonderful verses that encouraged me at the time. And this is just one from one of my favourite Psalms, Psalm 34. And it says, Even when bad things happen to the good and the godly ones, the Lord will save them and not let them be defeated by what they face. Even though I was facing a difficult situation, I knew God would not let me be defeated and he wouldn't let me on, leave me on my own. My mum blazed a shining example of faith right to the very end of her life. And I absolutely believe that I shall see her again and she will be well and healthy and full of joy and I'm sure just as busy as ever. Hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is a person. Hope is Jesus. 
and he conquered the grave for all of us. Wow. Just fantastic. Two real great examples of how the word of God came and just brought hope and brought light. And, and this, is, this is real. This is something that is available to each and every one of us. The generous gift that is Jesus, the wonderful counsellor, this, this vast, all-knowing, all-powerful God has revealed himself to us in the person of Jesus Christ that we might know him and be known by him. And for every moment, every situation, everything that we could possibly face, good or bad, big or small, he's there with us to give us counsel, to, to offer advice, to give direction, to give purpose to every situation in our life. It's something that's so accessible to us by the example and life of Jesus, by the Holy Spirit that can fill us and by his word that can bring light to every dark situation that we may face. It's a wonderful, generous gift that we have in the wonderful counsellor. So let me ask you again, where do you go for advice? Like if you need to think about what to do, who do you ask? And, and to track back to my uh, picture of a driving instructor and how Tina was so helpful to me. Like, how many accidents did she stop? How many uh, bumps and crashes did she prevent by her wonderful counsel? And I wonder if you and I could, in every situation of our life, before that work meeting, before that conversation, before we talk to anyone in the day, if we could invite the wonderful counsellor in, Guide me today. Jesus, show me what the right thing is to do today. What would you do today? Holy Spirit, help me today. Show me, show me something in your words today. I wonder what could be avoided. I wonder what dumb decisions could be of, of this week is to, is to pray and to start our prayer by saying, wonderful counsellor, by addressing Jesus in that name. Wonderful counsellor, help me to be the best father today. Wonderful counsellor, help me to, to speak well to my wife today. Help me to love her today. Wonderful counsellor, help me to be a great employee today. Help me in this meeting today, wonderful counsellor. Wonderful counsellor, help me to be the best boss I possibly can be today. I remember when uh, my friends and I were on our way to take our GCSE maths exam and like they'd never been interested in prayer um, and we were all nervous and I was walking in and I just said, boy, do you, do you want me to pray for us? Then I would you, please. Like, so we just prayed like, God help us. Um, I failed, of course, I didn't revise. Um, should have consulted the wonderful counsellor earlier. He would have said, read a book, mate. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful counsellor, be with me in this exam. Wonderful counsellor, be with me as I plan 2021. Are we even allowed to plan anymore? I don't know. Are they, who, who knows? But wonderful counsellor, you know. Help me. Help me to live the life you've called me to. Help me to, to be a Christ follower, to bring hope to my world, to share hope. Give me, give me direction and clarity of who to give these boxes of hope to. Wonderful counsellor, be with me today. Pray that now. Come on, we're going to have 30 seconds. A little slide's going to come up on screen um, and it just says this, wonderful counsellor. And start a prayer in this moment. Where do you need counsel? Where do you need advice? Where do you need purpose? And the wonderful counselor is going to be with you in his example in Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, and through his word. In Jesus' name, let's pray together.